Welcome to Dare to be Seen. Join our host, Alyssa DiNapoli, a.k.a. Alyssa Vulpez, author, artist coach, and singer-songwriter, as she engages in down-to-earth, insightful, and inspiring conversations with female indie singer-songwriters, composers, and musicians. We shall discuss the lessons and personal stories of women who dare to be seen. Scratching beneath the surface to explore challenging truths, for deeper connections, and foster personal transformation. Get inspired, and if you enjoy the show, spread the word by subscribing and reviewing it. And now, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Dare to be Seen. My name is Elisa Di Napoli, a.k.a. Elisa Vulpas, and today's guest is Suzanne Polinski. Suzanne is the founder of The Rockstar Advocate. She's a mindset and productivity coach for music professionals. With a degree in music business as well as a master's in psychology, she thrives helping creatives reach their goals with custom goal setting and time management solutions that enable them to gain clarity on their next steps while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. She has published her first book, The Rockstar Life Planner, now in its 2021 edition, as a tool for creatives to find focus in their daily lives. Her teachings can be found in her podcast, The Musicpreneur Mindset, and her many guest posts for Rising Tide, Sonic Birds, Thrive, TuneCore, and Soundfly. Now, before we meet our guest for today, here's a short promotional message. If you suffer from stage nerves and your anxiety gets in the way of your performance, it's time to discover the three secrets that will stop stage fright and allow you to perform with authentic confidence even if you're not an extrovert. Register today for the free Dare to be Seen Masterclass where you will discover how to magnify your presence and command the stage so you can perform at your best in front of a larger audience. Just head on over to tinyurl.com slash dare to be seen masterclass that's tinyurl.com slash dare to be seen masterclass and now here's Suzanne right so I am I'm really glad that you could make it today I have just uh, uh, basically attended one of your classes and was very impressed and so I wanted to share this with the listeners because I think you've got a lot uh, of value to offer and so um First of all, Suzanne, I, I, we have met a few years ago and we did some coaching together and that was very uh, useful for me. And I know that you help a lot of musicians with issues around productivity and mindset and also other industry professionals, music industry professionals. But um, the first question is, how did you get into this? What's your story? So when I was about 12 years old, um, I first learned about through watching VH1 interviews, I learned about Russell Simmons and how he created Def Jam Records. And I thought, wow, that's, I just always loved music, but I never wanted to be a singer. And when I realized like, that was my first introduction to people from behind the scenes, I thought, wow, okay, that's what I, that's what I want to do. <laughs> like, that's possible. That's awesome. And then from 12 to 18, like that was the goal. It was like, what do I have to do to get there? And at 18, I started working at Atlantic Records in Manhattan and I loved it and it was so great. And I, I worked my butt off. I was there for um, two, maybe three years as an intern. 
Um, and when I graduated college, I followed one of my bosses there to another major label in New York. Um, and I started as their Midwest sales coordinator, basically doing, you know, 17 states in the Midwest in the United States, making sure they had all the CDs to sell at their stores, making sure we coordinated artists going in there to, to do shows and stuff like that when they were on tour. But it was 2005 to 2006, all the major retailers were closing down, MP3s were on the rise and nobody was really buying many CDs anymore. Um, and it, it just was not what I thought it would be. And working at a label just wasn't what I thought it was all cracked up to be. And um, I had a very tumultuous time there and eventually left. And I didn't know what was available for somebody who wasn't an artist. I thought, okay, well, my roommate and I thought we would do artist management and that didn't feel right. Then it was, well, we'll do social media marketing for them. And that didn't really feel right. And then years later, we did it for about six or seven years. I just thought, okay, I'm done. Like this music industry isn't for me. I don't want to do it. And so I went to go get my master's in psychology and I thought maybe I'd work at a school or do something else. And then when I finished my master's, I realized, well, wait a minute, all the clients that I've worked with in trying to manage their career or in helping them with their social media, this is what they really need. Like they need to stop feeling so burnt out all the time. They need to realize like how to slow down and how to manage their time. And, you know, all these different things that I was learning about how the mind gets exhausted and how, you know, different, um, situations can cause overwhelm and anxiety and what really triggers that. And that's when I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. And crickets, <laughs> like nobody wanted this help. <laughs> so then I realized, okay, well, what if I talk about it through time management and, and through, you know, getting more of a, a feeling less overwhelm um, and feeling like, oh, I don't have any time to do this. I have a day job. I don't have enough time to work on my career. That's when people really started to tune in and say, well, wait a minute. I, I want to get better at that. And it's really, well, you have a lot of stuff causing you anxiety. And let's talk about those things. And that's all going to help you manage your time better. So it took a few years, but that's that's how I got here. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense because a lot of people, um, you know, they they may not need, they may not know what they need. Uh, they know what they want, but they don't know what they need. And it sounds like you knew what they needed, but you had to go to what they wanted first. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that for you also, you had, you know, during your time there at the, at the label, it was pretty overwhelming. And at some point you were like, okay, you know, I'm done with that. And, and was that part of your understanding of how anxiety and overwhelm yeah, um, influences the lack of productivity? Exactly. Yeah. Being at the label had a lot to do. I mean, I, I burnt out. I was only 22 and I had already reached full physical burnout and I couldn't understand how I got there so fast. Um, and that really, I really wanted to work with the industry employees. Um, but there was no in at the time. It was like the labels were not interested in having somebody come and teach their employees about self-care that's changing. Um, and that's slowly, I've, I've started to be able to work with labels and, and train their employees for better time management and self-care 
work-life balance type things. But yeah, I mean, that that's really what it stemmed from was that I knew firsthand what this burnout can really do to you and how much it can influence your anxiety, your depression, your he- overall health. Um, and that's really what what this all stemmed from. Yeah, and I know that for personal experience as well, that sometimes burnout doesn't come in a shape that you might expect. You know, uh, some people may think that, uh, oh, perhaps being non-productive means that you're lazy or that, you know, you just don't know how to use your time. But sometimes I think it can also be that you can go be on a roller coaster. You know, you're like working, working, working too much, putting too much on your plate, and then it's like, oh, can't do this anymore and then you just do nothing <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so um so then you built your business on this idea and i know that you know you've put out a book uh, called the rockstar life planner that helps people with organizing their life in terms of goals and stepping stones uh, you know getting their goals uh, achieved over time but I also know that uh, recently you've been really interested in helping people with figuring out where they want to be because a lot of people when they go to a coach the the first question that the coach usually asks uh, them um, is well what what do you want and uh, a lot of the time some uh, you know the, the client doesn't know and then you can spend a lot of time talking about that and figure that out and that that can cost a lot of money so is that what um inspired you to create this training the tapping into your future training yeah so i i was finding that clients were coming to me and it was you know it was great i felt very fortunate it's been a very difficult year for so many people and i don't take it lightly that people were coming to me for help but i know how tight money is and for them to be coming with to me for help. I wanted to make sure the time we have together is not spent on helping you try to figure out what you want. I want us to figure out how you're going to get there and what you can do to make it happen. So, you know, I always ask my clients before we meet, I give them a questionnaire and I say, tell me what you want. As you said, you know, it's like, that's, that's the first question. And I have them fill that out before we meet. But I was starting to get a lot of, especially after the year we've had, and there was so much fog that I was getting questionnaires filled out that just said, I don't know, we'll talk about it on the call or, well, that's what I'm really struggling with. And I'm happy to go through that with people. I just didn't want them to pay me to do it when there are things that they can do to get themselves there first. And then it makes our time together more fruitful. So I put together this free training, tapping into your vision to use just a couple of free, easy exercises for you to get more in tune with what it is you actually want. Um, And so it's my goal to, I ran it live as a live training um, where we're going to edit it down, fix it up, make it look super pristine. And it's, um, it'll live on my website for forever so that people can take it, download the worksheets, do it's, you know, you'll get it done in, in less than 90 minutes. Um, and you'll be able to, to really hone in on what you want. And then if you want to work with me, we can then dig in, but at least you've got that starting point. And if you feel like you figured out what you want 
and maybe you don't need help after that, well then great. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to get yourself there and that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, what I really like about that training is that it was really not what you normally usually get. You know, I, I do a lot of trainings online and there's a lot of sales, uh, you know, going on that are like, not very clear it's not very uh, you know clear up front that there's going to be an offer at the end and it's all really just a way to get you to buy the offer and it was really nice and uh, transparent of you to actually say from the beginning yes there's going to be an offer but you actually are going to get quite a lot out of this without having to say yes to the offer which i think is quite refreshing one of the things that I was impressed with was uh, there was tapping there and, uh, you know, being a uh, hypnotherapist and coach myself, I use tapping too. And I know how really it really works uh, to help people to release negative feelings and then choose something more productive, because I know that, you know, um, it, it's good to, you know, to think positively. But if you have a feeling inside of you that's really um knowing at you it's really negative well it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel natural to just be positive you know it's, it's like that doesn't work for me but when you address the negative state um and i believe that tapping actually puts you in a in a kind of an hypnotic state you know you might want to not call it hypnotic state but really in, in my experience it's very similar um and that allows you to then let it go and create something different so I know there's also a vision board, there's a letter from your future self, there's a mind map, there's tools that you can use uh, to do this. And um, I was impressed as well with the Canva. There's a Canva template that you can use to do your vision board, which then you can put on your computer as a screen, screen uh, saver or a, or a desktop wallpaper, which was very cool. I now have it on my because I've done vision boards before but you know then you just put it on the wall but if you have it on your computer yeah then you have it every single day you look at it so very clever very clever yeah. thank you I, I have to give credit to Jordana Jaffe one of my first business coaches um after we had worked together about a few years later she was running this training for creating a vision board and she was going digital with it and I just thought that's you know, I'm a pen and paper person. Like that's why I have a physical planner. Like it's, it things work so much better if you, you know, are using your hands, if you're writing things down, but what, you know, what she mentioned, which was, I thought was so brilliant was that with vision boards and I go through this in the training, but you know, it's not so much you're writing down your goals. It's, this is for you to look at. So when you put it on and this, I think this training she did was like three years ago where I, fi I finally started making digital vision boards. My, I was reaching my goal so much faster because we spend so much time on our devices and we're just looking at it constantly that once I made it my device background, I was like, oh my God, I was constantly being reminded of what my intentions were, what was the whole purpose. Um, and then each week in my planner, writing things down, but being able to literally see it behind whatever I was working on um, or, or to have it on my, on the background of my phone um, really helped me uh, keep, keep all that in front of mind so that I didn't get distracted with other other things that might pull me into a different direction. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because when you are, 
um, when you have something in front of you, it gets reinforced. It's like having a destination. Your subconscious needs a destination. Otherwise, it will just go to whatever you pre-programmed or preconditioned yourself to go towards, you know. So um, that's in itself a really good tool. Um, now, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, what you normally help your clients with. You know, have you noticed uh, certain themes, certain, you know, especially in the last year uh, that people come to you um, for help with? So, um, you know, usually it's fairly similar. It usually has to do with time management or just really coming up with a strategy and, and shifting that mindset from how do I do this to more of like, well, what will I do? And the how will reveal itself. Like that's a shift that we, we often go through. But I'd say in the past year, it's really just been so much more unified, no matter where these clients are coming from, that it's all dealing with this pivot and this fear and this anxiety around this pivot of, oh my goodness, I had the whole year mapped out and I knew where my income was coming from or I knew what my goal was. And now it's felt like it's changed so drastically and so with, and I think the biggest thing is it feels out of people's control. You know, this was not, oh, I decided to change jobs and now I have to alter what I did or, oh, I decided to move. So that kind of, you know, altered my plans. No, this was like, oh, I didn't have a choice and things got locked down. And now what do I do? And I, it, there's a different sense of vulnerability that happens when things happen that aren't in our control and things that we didn't choose. And so a lot of what I've been doing with clients is helping them gain that control back through finding out what other decisions they are still in charge of and where they can go to find that control to decrease that anxiety um, and find that focus. And I think the other big thing was, you know, helping them tap back into their creativity because when certain plans change and they say, oh my gosh, I'm screwed. I can't do this anymore. I have to try to remind them, but you're creative. Like, so let's be creative with it. Let's think outside the box. Let's think of different ways you can make money. Let's think of different ways to communicate with your audience when it's not the way you thought it was going to be. So just helping them find that permission within themselves to do that. That's been really the, the main theme lately with the people I, I work with now coming out of this, this lockdown. Right. And another thing you were talking about in your um, class was about the importance of a slow, steady progress, um, which I thought was was something that not a lot of people talk about because we have the, you know, oh, the hustle, oh, you know, you have to, you have the side hustle over there and then you have to think about this and this and this and this. And before you know it, it's like, yeah, well, I also have a life that I'm trying to have a life, you know, I'm trying to have a partner, kids, uh, figuring out, you know, when I'm going to do the laundry. And it's like, we never really think about these hours in a practical way. And I think some, you said something in your class about um, how sometimes we don't reach our goals because we just don't actually take into consideration how many hours there are in the day. It's not that we're lazy, but we're not prioritizing, you know, right? So um, to someone who's overwhelmed, you know, is there, is there a, a kind of some advice that you usually give uh, again and again and again that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah. I mean, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's, it's not that we're, we're lazy. It's we're bad at math. 
Like that's literally all it comes down to is that, you know, we think 24 hours, 24 hours, 24 hours, and we forget, well, there's time that I'm sleeping. I eat. I have to stop and go to the bathroom. I have to run errands. I have to do laundry. I have, you know, all the other things that you mentioned, I have a life. Um, and we forget that those things take away from those 24 hours. So when you go to make your plan for the day, you're still, you still got that number 24 in your head. And so when you put down 10 or 11 projects to work on, you're like, well, that should be doable. And, and then we also, you know, say to ourselves, well, it, it, it should only take me this amount of time. So then again, being bad at math, you're like, well, on paper, that all works out. And we lie to ourselves and, and make ourselves think, well, I'm not going to get interrupted with a phone call. I'm not going to get stuck in traffic going to buy groceries. I'm not going to get, you know, my mind's going to wander and I'm going to go on Instagram and scroll down a rabbit hole and compare myself to a bunch of people. And then I'm going to feel like crap. So I'm going to now have to get myself out of that hole. You know, like we don't make time for those things because we think if we don't make time for them, they just won't happen. And the thing is they're going to happen. So just swallow it and make time for it because you'll then be more realistic and say, it's not that I'm lazy, but I'm going to get, be realistic about how much time I really have so that I only give myself three to four things to accomplish rather than 10. And then I'm actually going to accomplish them because I was realistic. And then I'm going to feel good and I'm not going to feel like a lazy so-and-so who now is starting off the next day, you know, deflated. Um, so it's, it's all about being realistic. It's not about settling. It's not about lying to yourself. It's about being realistic and, and realizing that there are things you can't control. So you might as well work that into your schedule so that you're not all of a sudden surprised that life happened because it happened yesterday. Why wouldn't life happen today and tomorrow? Like we know this, but we think if we just don't acknowledge it, it won't happen. <laughs> so I, that's what I would just say to everybody is just be more honest with yourself about everything else that truly happens in a day. Yeah. And also you mentioned uh, prioritizing self-care and thinking actually about your social responsibilities as well as what supports you and nourishes you, which I think we forget quite often you know it's easy to just say oh well work you know this this is what i need to do to build this uh you know to make this album to record these songs or practice the piano whatever it may be but we don't actually think okay time off to read a book uh or you know um maybe a uh, chat with a friend we, we don't actually think about that that ends up being excluded right well, and that's another bill of goods we're sold is like those memes that say, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Like, no, it's going to be work. Like, just because you love it doesn't mean you're a bad person when you need a break from it or when you need to stop doing it because we're not robots. We need to recharge. And so you have to know what recharges you. Maybe it's talking to friends. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's just getting outside and, you know, going for a walk. Like, you have to know what recharges you because no amount of love, you know, I mean, just think of parents, they love their children to the moon and back unconditionally, 
but they'll take the babysitter if they can get it. <laughs> like they will take a break from those kids if they can. And so if that amount of love <laughs> still has its breaking points, then your love for your, for your passion, you know, your love for your career, it, you also need to step away from it um, in order to really do your best at it. It's the oxygen mask principle of like those masks coming down on the plane. You have to put yours on first or you can't be of help to anybody else. So yeah, it's, it's just keeping those things in mind. Yeah, that's very well said. And also, I think we live in a culture that glorifies busy, you know, uh, just be busy and, and that's a sign of success. But, you know, you could be busy and wasting your time on things that don't matter, you know, uh, or being very uh, distracted by the next uh, shiny object, which, you know, I've, I, I have to watch that one because <laughs> I am so prone to be like, oh, yeah, 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 oh, that, this is exciting. I'll just, I'll just focus on this because it's new. But then it's like, oh, now I'm really behind on the project that I had started three weeks ago. Um, is there something that you would... Um, say to someone who's prone, for example, to shiny object syndrome? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes having the vision board there helps, whether it's on your desktop or just right next to your computer, so that, like, when you start to get distracted, you literally see it right there as, like, a visual cue reminder. Um, but also just being, practice being self-aware and maybe writing down for yourself, okay, at the end of the day, I realized I got distracted like a lot today. Okay, let me think back to that. When did that happen? What time of day was it? What was I doing that I allowed myself to get distracted? And then like, what did I do in that distraction? Like what was the, the pull? Because there's usually a couple of reasons people go for shiny object syndrome. It could be the time of day because you're punchy and it's like that two o'clock, 2 p.m. slump and you just instead of just taking a break and walking away, you tried to push yourself, but then you got squirrel brain and you started to distract yourself. And that's usually um, just a sign of being tired. Um, or you could have been doing something that was a really difficult task or, or something that you had a lot of fear or anxiety over. So in order to procrastinate on that you went down a shiny object syndrome hole just so that like you didn't have to really focus on the thing you didn't want to focus on so was it a particular task that caused it um or are you just you know somebody that easily gets distracted i have some clients who have adhd and they it really just it can't it's it's much more difficult for them it's not a matter of just one particular task or a time of day it's they just can't and it in focus is super hard for them. So in those instances, I always try to say like set random alarms on your phone to go off throughout the day so that if an alarm goes off and you say to yourself, oh, did I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Okay, no, I'm not like, let me, let me get back to it. Um, getting an accountability buddy. You know, I have rockstar slackers as my accountability program so that people can come into Slack throughout the day and talk to their fellow Slackers <laughs> um, and say like, okay, I'm, I'm falling behind or I'm not working on this or, hey, who wants to have a productivity power hour? And like, you're working on what you're working on. I'm gonna work on what I work on. Let's do it and come back in an hour and see where we're at. Or let's do it for 20 minutes and see where we're at. So, you know, having that accountability can also help because then you think, okay, well, that person's working. 
I'm, I'm going to work too. And they're, they're waiting for me to be done with this thing. So let me do that. It's difficult when you're building a career as a musician or any entrepreneur, you're building it for you. I mean, you're building it for your audience, but you're the only one you answer to. You're not in an office where a team member might be, can't do their job without you doing your job. So when there's that lack of accountability, you just say to yourself, all right, well, there's no real deadline on this or there is, but I'm really calling the shots. So then you, you know, it, shiny object syndrome can be easier and more frequent for entrepreneurs. So to have that other person or to have that alarm on your phone to just say, oh, what are you doing? Like, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? So yeah, I think sometimes just random alarms on our phone to go off throughout the day can help if you if you can't have somebody checking in on you. Um, that, that's usually my go-to. Right. And so in this community that you mentioned, um, it's called Slackers, right? And Rockstar what, Slackers. Rockstar yeah. Slackers. What else? Yeah, so we do, um, we have weekly office hours. Every Thursday I'm in there to answer questions. It's kind of like a weekly accountability and a coach in your pocket type of program. It's for, it's it's a, a low, uh, you know, low cost monthly subscription service. It's $47 a month. I think it comes out to like $1.50 a day for people that might not be able to afford or maybe aren't ready for a one-on-one -on -one coach. But they want to get their questions answered. They want to be able to trust the response they're going to get. So we have weekly office hours. We do weekly planning calls. So if you join Slackers, you get a planner. So twice a week, you have two options for planning your week with us where we walk you through the planner. Um, and then we also have monthly coaching calls. So every month, we I'm there on video to answer your questions. You can come into the hot seat and get coaching, or you can just ask your questions. And I teach a little lesson. And then I answer everybody's questions. Those are recorded um, and you have access to those. And then we also do monthly happy hour hangs where it's literally just a hangout and people come and get to know each other. They, so it's not just another username on Slack. You get to see everybody. Everybody's unmuted. We're just talking and laughing and having a good time venting about all the things that your friends might not understand. So it's a little bit of everything and it's it's just meant to be a community of like-minded people so that you can be held accountable. My team checks in with you three times a week to make sure that you are staying on course. And if you're not, let's talk about it. Um, and so that's, that's mainly the, the program we've been going a little, almost three and a half years now. And it's, it's really uh, evolved into something special. I'm just, I'm really grateful for the people in it. Great. Well, well, we'll leave a, a link in the show notes about it. Um, now, just a couple more things I wanted to ask you. Um, one is um, related to what we've been talking about. Um, and I've just done a, an episode on the podcast. Um, well, actually, by the time this episode goes out, it will be in the past. So um, anyway, in one of my past episodes I was I talked about uh, procrastination and I talked about motivation and I just wanted to have your take on it you know what do you think causes lack of motivation and what to do about it yeah great question um it could be a couple of things sometimes it's your mood so sometimes if you are in deep depression or if you're grieving which I know a lot of us have done uh this past year whether it's grief of losing somebody or just grief of losing your plan 
and, and losing, you know, your income or your job or any of that, um, all of that grief can, can cause a lot of lack of motivation. What's the point? I couldn't control this. I can't control anything. Um, so it, a lot of that can come, uh, stem, stem from things like that. But really oftentimes when we're not in the midst of a global pandemic, um, lack of motivation can really just come from a lack of clarity because how are you supposed to move forward and, and rush to the finish line if you don't know what the finish line is or even what happens when you're done with it, you know? And, and sometimes I've noticed it's because the person doesn't have a goal, but sometimes it's also, they haven't figured out, it's one thing to have a goal, but it's another to know what the purpose of that goal is. Like what, what are you hoping comes after that goal? Because if you're just, if the goal is the quote unquote end point, people will actually avoid it because it's, it's almost like survival instinct where we're not sure what is there. So we avoid it because it feels scary or it feels uncertain. So that's why like with the tapping into your vision exercises, for me, it's not important just to know your goal. We talk a lot about like in the exercises you mentioned, you know, writing a letter from your future self after the goal has been attained, because if you know what you would like for that goal to do for you, then you can run towards it because you have clarity and you have this, you're now tied emotionally to like what can come after this goal when it's so vague or you're like, yeah, but once I reach that goal, that's like, that's it. And then it feels scary. So then we just, we hold it. It's a, it's like knowing the series finale of your favorite show is happening and like, you're not ready for it to be over. But if you know that there's life after that goal, you can then, you know, go full throttle and run towards that finish line because you know, when you're going full speed ahead, after you pass that line, there's still runway <laughs> there. There's still something else there. You're not going to fall off the cliff. You're not just going to be at this, you know, we think of goals as like this top precipice, this mountaintop. But then I think in our heads, then all we imagine is, well, then all you do is go down. And I don't really look at goals as like a mountaintop. I look at goals as like just another step on this or another rung on a ladder you know, or another checkpoint on a, on a journey. Um, and I think when you visualize it like that, it, um, I think that actually motivates you more to actually take action. Yeah, I would, I would agree with, uh, understanding it as a process, a journey, like you said, uh, stepping stones on a journey. Yes. Because, um, well, of course, the biggest fear that humans have fear is fear of the unknown. So if you don't know where you're going, well, not only you'll just go some random place or, you know, you'll go to wherever you've been conditioned to go. And that could be negative. Um, and and or you'll just won't move much. You know, you'll just kind of be like a, a boat in the wind, you know, completely at the mercy of the sea and the weather and whatever happens. And one of the things that um, also made sense to me that you were saying uh, that you were talking about was about envisioning what happens after. I often talk about that in, 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 uh, in a slightly different way. I always think of benefits. You know, I think of, okay, what are the things that you're going to be able to do once you've achieved this goal? Because if you can actually really emotionally connect to the benefits what you what you're going to be able to achieve or do or how your life is going to change then it makes it real 
you know, it's not just some kind of dream uh, somewhere up in the clouds. It is a reality. And that's what actually motivates me a lot of the time. I always think about, oh, you know, this is it's going to be great because I'm going to be able to do this and that. But I also think it's important to see that as a, as a, what I call a North Star, like an inspiration rather than necessarily getting super attached to the outcome. Because I think if you get too attached to the specific form that that benefit is going to take, then it might be disappointing if you don't get it, you know. So that's, that's uh, uh, another uh, point to think about and um, lastly I wanted to ask you about calendars and uh, maybe apps and things like that if the, if you have you know um, any suggestions would you um, suggest people uh, have a calendar like a, either a paper calendar or a an actual uh, you know apple calendar or whatever it may be uh, or would you suggest uh, apps or what if somebody is not into computers you know it, it, do you have any different suggestions? there yeah yeah i think every, that's a great question i think everybody works differently and so you know you have to try different things out and see and see what works for you i mean studies will tell us that you know when you write it down when you put pen to paper you'll reach your goals faster you'll stay more focused you'll remember things better and improves your memory to physically write it down um you know i i always kind of give this analogy to people when you're writing your hands your muscles are literally shaping every letter and every word when you write them when you're typing if you had your eyes closed you're not going to know what button you're hitting every button feels the same so your brain really isn't taking it in as deeply as when your muscles are literally forming every letter and every word um that being said i usually like to keep like my task list on paper and then like make my appointments because smart devices are so handy these days, make my appointments in um, say Google calendar or iCal or whatever uh, calendar you prefer to use so that you can automate things. You can add, especially since so much of this stuff is collaborative, you can invite people to an event, you can set automatic reminders, you know, all those things are helpful. But then I also have my planner where I'm going to write out my task list and put at least the big appointments down in my book so I can kind of see the shape of my week. And then I can kind of get a sense of, oh, okay, here's where I need to move things around. And when you do that on paper, it can get kind of messy. When you do it in your G calendar, you can at least move things and drag and drop things a little bit more easily. So I like to use them in tandem, but I it took me a little while to figure out, well, which piece and what, how, what percentage of planning works for me. Um, and so I'd say I do about like 80% of my planning on, on paper. And then the, the 20% is, is on my calendar so that I can sync it to all my devices. If I don't have my laptop, I can grab it from my phone or I can find it on my iPad. I can share it with my team members. Um, and, but try to limit yourself to the amount of apps Try to make sure, like, try not to get an, a, a different app for every single thing. Try to find apps that can do multiple things um, or that can sync with one another and work in tandem so that you're not trying to now, you're managing 50 million apps rather than just, if you didn't have the apps, you would just be managing your tasks. <laughs> like, sometimes it can get a little overly complicated. Um, so I have my calendar and I have my task list that I keep in my book. 
But then I also use an app called Done. Um, I have a recommended rock sources page that I'm happy to share that just has a list of different apps that I've used that I have found helpful. Um, Done just literally is a, a habit tracker. Um, and I really recommend like for, for the first month or two, I was just tracking one habit. And then after about six weeks, I folded in another habit and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm drinking water every day. I'm taking my vitamins every day, but now let me try to work in exercise two to three times a week, or let me try to work in reading for pleasure. And like, as you start to add in more habits, you can, you know, you can make the list a little bit longer, but I would say to people, try not to do them all at once because you will overwhelm yourself and not get anything done. <laughs> true, true, true. I think uh, once I was working with a client on this kind of um, issue and then she ended up overfilling her calendar with everything, you know, and that became like, oh my God, I'm like a hamster on a wheel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, that less is more. Less is more. And then once that feels automated to you and it feels like it's coming naturally to you, you can always then add in more, but you have to test out your limits first and like what your, what your threshold is. So in, in your words, if you could just summarize uh, the, the word productivity, you know, how would you summarize it? What does it mean to you? Yeah, let's see if I had productivity to me, I just tie it to being realistic. To me, productivity is being realistic about what you're capable of and and what really is important being realistic about what matters and being realistic about how much time you have in the day and if you could do those two things no matter what life brings your way i always look at it as like triage no matter what life brings your way if you can look at everything going on and say okay i'm going to ignore this piece of it this is really the only thing that matters right now and if the world is on fire my focus is just going here. You're being productive. Nice. <laughs> so realistic. That's that's what I would how I would define productivity. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think a lot of us are trying to do a bit too much. And it can be difficult to choose, you know, especially if you're a creative person, you want to do everything and all these ideas are coming into your head and you don't want to say no to anything. But the idea the problem is that if you say yes to everything, well, you get nothing done. Exactly. Yeah. Well, okay, so if people want to work with you um, either one-on-one -on -one or your, with your program, uh, they can find you in, on your website. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, they can find me on my website, therockstaradvocate.com. There's a tab there that says work with me. Just fill out the brief questionnaire and then you'll be able to schedule a free call. All right. Well, it's been real, a real pleasure to have you, uh, Suze. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Very much appreciate it. That's all for this episode of Dare to be Seen. Join the conversation on daretobeseencommunity.com and help us create an empowering community of independent female singer-songwriters, composers, and musicians who support one another. For show notes, resources, and information on today's episode, visit daretobeseenpodcast.com. And remember, shine your own unique light onto the world. It needs it.